Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. I'm going to open up with a story, and this is a true story. Um, I grew up in the home of Italian immigrants, and so we had some traditions that my friends at school didn't have, and one of our traditions, one of many, was having pasta on Sundays. And in our house, it was crazy because we had pasta, meatballs, and sausage, and chicken every Sunday. But then my mom's mom, we called her grandma, she brought over veal cutlets. And we, she brought them over all breaded and we cooked them you know, fresh right there. And then my dad's mom, we called her Nana, she brought over homemade pies every Sunday. So every Sunday, we had all that going. But the main dish was pasta. And we were so into pasta that on Thanksgiving, which is a Thursday, we would, uh, we would have, my mom would make the turkey, the stuffing, mashed potatoes, but she'd also make pasta and meatballs. And none of us would eat the turkey or the mashed potatoes. That would be leftovers through the week. We all had our pasta. So that's the environment I lived in. When I went to Bible school, I'm moving out of state. Uh, I said, Mom, you have to teach me to make your sauce your meatballs so she did so every Sunday in Bible school in my apartment I made pasta and meatballs and then we bought the sausage and then I met Gina we're ready to get married and she grew up in an, in, a, in a, with Italian parents but they weren't immigrants and they did pasta but not every Sunday they mixed it up and I said we have to have a tradition we have to have pasta every Sunday I want my kids to have it every Sunday I want it to be she said we can do that so our kids grew up pasta meatball sausage every Sunday and uh, then our kids got older, and so we start doing Sunday nights, and they'd come over, pasta, meatballs, sausage. Well, there was a season not too long ago, I did some uh, cleansing-type fasting. I was eating, but eating different foods, so I'm not eating pasta, meatballs, and sausage. And uh, so I'm not eating on Sundays, but I'm there with everybody. And the first Sunday I'm not eating, Gina made chicken and potatoes, and I took note. I took a note. The second week, she made Mexican food. Mexican food's great, but not on Sunday, see. The, the third week, she made Asian food. And, and, and I love Asian food. It's my second favorite food in all the world, but not on Sunday. And, and so uh, I'm just like blown away. So I sit Gina down. And I say, we have to have a talk, honey. We just have to have a talk. And uh, I said, you have to make me a promise. <clears throat> if I die before you, you have to promise me that you'll keep the tradition of pasta on Sunday alive. And she gave me one of those looks. You guys, all the husbands know the look. And, and she said, uh, you are not going to control me from the grave. <laughs> I said, well, you've got to give me an A for trying, right? I'm, try I'm trying to. But I tried to explain. I said, it's just not, I'm not trying to control you. It's just that's so important to me. So that event taught me something. We're going to talk about it today. One thing it taught me is I'm a control freak, but that's not what we're talking about today, okay? I'm working on that. The, the other thing that it taught me is what, what I, helped, I hope to help you understand more clearly than ever today, and it goes like this. What you live in lives in you. And I lived in pasta week at, week at, pasta my whole life. And I'm talking about it being part of my fiber, the way I think who I am and just thinking that's what you do on Sundays because that's what I did my entire life what you live in lives in you and that's happening in every one of your lives it might not be with pasta but it's happening in every single one of your lives and if you're here today and you say pastor Joe I'd love to change some things about myself we're going to teach you a principle today where you can literally change 
your very inner fibers, how you think, who you are. And I don't think there's one person in here that if I asked for a raise of hands, you wouldn't raise your hands and say, yeah, man, I would love to change. So I'm going to welcome you to Seeds. This is the first lesson in just a three-part series titled Seeds. And I'm really excited about this lesson, and I'm excited about this series Today we're going to talk about a specific type of seed. There's three categories, one today, one next week, one the following week. But what we want to talk about today is just so life-changing, and it will change you from the inside out. And I pray that way for you guys often. So Jesus talked about this principle. It has to do with seeds. And listen to what he said. He said this in Mark chapter 4, verse 27, uh, he, he, or verse 26. Jesus also said, the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. This is what we call a parable. And a parable is just a story that teaches you a spiritual truth. And he wants us to learn something. So notice what he said, the kingdom of God is like. So the kingdom of God is just referring to God's domain. We know God sits on a throne and we know he has a domain. And when you and I accepted Jesus, we became his children. So we live in his kingdom. And Jesus is about to tell us about this incredible principle we call it seed time and harvest we call it sowing and reaping we know what farmers do right so he said for you as christians you have a principle that can work in your life just like a farmer uses the principle of planting seeds now all of us are familiar with planting seeds uh probably most of you this year you either planted some flower seeds and then the flowers came up right whatever you planted that came up or you planted some tomatoes or cucumbers or whatever it was peppers you planted and you were able to grab those things and eat those things that produced after its own kind. Well, Jesus said the kingdom of God's like that. And he's not talking about you and I becoming farmers and planting actual seeds in the actual ground. Jesus is about to tell us, and he's teaching us, there are other types of seeds, not just the seeds you and I are familiar with that a farmer or that you and I would plant into the ground. There are other seeds. And then he goes on to say this, he says in verse 27, night and day while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. And today we understand a little better with science, but here's the essence of this verse. The farmer doesn't have to know what happens inside the ground. He doesn't have to know the miracle uh, that's behind the seed. Here's all he has to do. Get that baby in the ground. That's all he has to do. And he doesn't have to know why it's happening. He doesn't have to know the science behind it. He just has to plant the seed. And that's what God wants you and I to understand about seeds. It's, all we have to do is get it into the ground. And we'll talk about the different kinds of ground. But you just get it in the ground and then it's going to happen. He goes on to say this in verse 28. The earth produces the crops on its own. So if you plant the seed, it's going to produce on its own. First the leaf blade pushes through, then the heads of wheat are formed, and finally the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come. And all these parables can be taught on different levels. So we could teach this on the level of you share Christ with someone, they accept Christ, someday they'll be harvested and go to heaven. But this is actually talking about the principle working in your everyday life. And it's talking about the fact if you plant a seed, not tomorrow, not right away, eventually it will ripen and that seed will come back into your life. And that's what this series is about. The incredible opportunity God gave us to plant some really cool seeds that will eventually get to eat the fruit thereof. And that is absolutely 
exciting to know that we can eat the fruit of what we plant. And today we're going to talk about a seed. I call it heart seeds. And this is, this is what we want to talk about today. And we're going to have a blast. And I want you to take a look at this picture. This picture of the soil. This soil is plowed and it's ready to be seeded. So a farmer, he decides what he wants it to grow, right? So if he pl plants radish seeds in it, it's going to grow radishes. I mean, you're not going to get apples to come out of that ground if he, he, he plants radishes. Or if he says, you know what, I want to plant pumpkins. I want to sell pumpkins in October. And so he just plants pumpkin seeds. That's going to give him a harvest of pumpkin seeds. Well, in your life, in your heart, that's what we're talking about today, your heart is made to grow seeds. Tomorrow or next week and the week after, we'll talk about other seeds that you throw out here. They're not inside you. They're out here. And there's soil out there. And you and I can determine what we put in there, and that baby's going to grow, and it's going to come back into our lives. So today we talk about heart seeds. It's absolutely incredible what we're going to discuss today. And here's something I want to make sure you guys understand. This is important, all right? Whenever I talk about you and I doing something, I think it's really important because so many Christians live in what I call guilt, or you live under guilt. And you teach something like this, and somebody that lives under guilt, they'll take it the wrong way, and they'll begin to think God doesn't love them because they're not planning or they're not doing what God you know, says to do. And this is really important, okay? If you've accepted Jesus, He loves you unconditionally. He absolutely adores you. You're holy and blameless and without fault before Him. And whether you plant seeds or not, He still loves you. This is God giving you an opportunity to bring extra blessings into your life. And that's what you want to see out of this lesson. So I don't want you to get into the works mentality. That's Old Testament. You know, they were under the law, and if they didn't do this, they had this come on them, bad things here, bad things. No, you're, you're under grace, and you're under this beautiful covenant with God. And seeds is all about the fact you can increase the blessings in your life in all kinds of different areas. God gave you the opportunity to literally grow a, an incredible crop inside of you that will consume you and change you forever. So when we talk about heart seeds, the way that you plant things into your heart has to do with the atmospheres you allow yourself into. And I like to say it this way, the routines that you put yourself into. Because things get into our hearts by what we see, what we hear, and what you hear over and over again. And then the strongest way something gets inside of you by what you think on man that plants it deep and it grows and you produce a crop a crop of whatever whatever you're thinking on on a regular basis so god wants you to understand this principle what you live in lives in you and what lives in you is who you are so if we can change what we live in get some better routines different things are going to grow in us and then we're going to be a different person and it's all about those routines and god's going to give you the grace it's going to give you the heart he's going to give you the desires some of you will have to make some changes, and he's going to give you the ability to do it. That's what I love about God. I mean, everything I do is God putting desires in my heart, and sometimes I look at my life and say, God, I don't know why I'm messed up here, but I am not good in this area. I'm not sinning, like, but I, this area of my life stinks. And so I'll just say, God, I don't know, what do I have to do? And then sometimes he'll show me, and I'll go, hmm, 
I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't have the want to. You know, God can put the want to in us. And the, the Bible says we can pray and ask God to put desires inside of our hearts. And uh, we've been praying that way for you. I prayed that way for you all weekend, man, and this week. And God's going to put some want to's inside of all of us. So I'm going to help you understand this principle a little more clearly by showing you a scripture that talks about raising children. And uh, this is a principle that's so powerful. For those of you that are currently raising your kids, we'll give you some great tips today. For the rest of us, we're going to take this principle and bring it into our, our life because we can work the same principle for us. But uh, listen to this scripture. It reads like this, Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old or she, they will not depart from it. Powerful, powerful scripture. There's two things you see that I underline. One is train up, and the other is he will not depart from it. And I want to just help you understand these two words. The first word's so powerful. If you read it out of some translations, they'll say teach a child. And that's good, but that's what I'm doing right now, and that, that's very important. But this Hebrew word's the Hebrew word fana, and it's not talking about teaching. It actually is talking about routines. And it's talking about you and I putting our kids into routines. And it's the things we have them do over and over and over again and over again it's kind of like you know the old karate kid wax on wax off wax on remember how he he just why are you making me do this i want to learn how to do karate and he's saying don't worry wax on wax off and this is what we do with our kids we put them into these routines and these routines determine who they are when they get older and i love the picture this paints in the hebrew language this word fana you know the picture it paints it literally paints a picture of a white rag being put into a blue dye, sitting into that dye, and eventually being taken out over time. And instead of being white, every single fiber, if you could look at it under a microscope, it is imbued with blue dye. It's now a blue rag, not a white rag. And God says, your kids are like that white rag, and you can put them into routines over and over again. And when they're old, that's going to be part of their very fiber pasta on sunday I, I prayed for no rain but it didn't happen so all right all right let's look at this last part he will not depart from it some of you that are my age and, and around my age you trained your kids you brought them to church and you made sure they did the right thing and you made sure that you know you taught them about god and now they're adults and they're not living it and you read a verse like this and you're like god i did this and it didn't happen why aren't they living for God? And, and I want to I help you out. Do you see this whole phrase? He will not depart from it. comes from one Hebrew word. One word. They used all these English words. It's the Hebrew word sir. And you know what it means? It has two definitions. This is one of them. He will not depart from it. It means that's how they're going to live when they're older. Pasta on Sunday, right? Uh, that's what's going to happen. But, but... It has another translation, and the, and the scholars could have went either way. They didn't do anything wrong, but here's the other translation. The other translation is, it won't depart from them. I like that, because some kids are just ornery. I was an ornery kid. My parents trained us well, and uh, they, did, they tried their best with me. They did, really did a good job, but I just went off crazy tangents, and that's just who I was. I was much like a rebel, but, but here's, here's, here's the good part, all right? What they put in you is always there. 
And some of you have kids that aren't living the life, but you feel like, I trained them. I did everything right. They're not living the life. God, this scripture is not true. No, it is. It will not depart from them. I'm going to use a negative word, but it's true. God will hound them with those things you put inside of them. So what can you do as a parent? Man, if your kids have gone a little bit astray, just keep praying for them. Keep praying for them because God's going to deal with their hearts. But now let's just talk about uh, what's supposed to happen here. God's saying if we put them in the right routines, it's going to become part of their fiber. So when our kids were young, we asked ourselves, what kind of adults do we want them to be? So I'll share just two, two areas. Gene and I understood the scripture, so we thought, what kind of routines do we want to put them in? One was we wanted our kids to be responsible. So we taught them responsibility. We always gave them chores, and they always had these chores to do. And like all kids, we had great kids. They would complain about the chores, and none of their friends ever had chores, but they had chores, you know. And, and so uh, they would complain about it. But we just trained them, and we had them do these chores, and we taught them responsibility. And then when they came to driving age, uh, Joe was the oldest, and I remember Joe just saying, Dad, you're going to buy us a car? And I said, no. And uh, uh, my friends, their parents are buying them cars. And then he went to Howland High School. He said, every car in the parking lot is a Mercedes or a Beamer. And, and I said, Joe, I've driven through there. They're not all there's just a couple in there. And God bless those parents that can do that. But uh, I can't do that. And here's, here's what you're going to do. And I, all of our kids did it. I said, you'll work a part-time job, and you can buy a car that you can afford. You can buy the insurance, pay for the insurance. You can pay for the gas, and that's how you get a car. And, and all of our kids did that. And you know what? Every job they've had, because they had all kinds of jobs, not one boss ever had to reparent them. They, it was in their fibers to be responsible. So it worked. We, it worked. And we asked ourselves, what kind of adults do we want them to be in regards to God? And when, when kids grow up in a pastor's home, the, the high percentage of kids that grow up in a pastor's home walk away from God when they're older. They just, they book. And uh, it, most of it's because their parents bring the troubles home and talk about them, and that just turns the kids off, you know. So we made sure, we said, we're not going to do that. We're going to have this really godly, positive attitude in our home. So we just put them in routines. We made sure that they, you know, they did, they did their devotionals and they had God routines in their life. And then we brought them to church and we made sure they came to church. And there were some ages when they didn't feel like it, but we just made sure they came. And then we made sure we put them in student ministry because we wanted them to sit under uh, student pastors because, you know, as cool as I am, not all kids, you know, I'm an old man to some kids, you know what I mean? So uh, we thought they need a young, cool, hip pastor that knows the, the Bible that can really, they can look up to and they can say, man, I want to be like that guy when I'm older. So we brought them to church, made sure they came on Wednesdays to student ministry. And you know what? Every one of my kids love God. They just love God. My son David lives in California, but man, he's hooked up in a church and he just loves God. And if you want your kids to love God, just think about routines. So it works. So now think about this. Some of us have some areas of our life we're not happy with because your heart will grow lots of things and there's some negative things that will grow. So we're not happy with some areas of our life. And here is just an exciting truth you literally control what lives in you. So you can change it. You control it. And, and you can just change your routines. And it's, it's not works. It's just saying to yourself, I'm going to make room for some godly routines. I need to flood myself with the life and the light of God. Here's what I've learned. Listen, darkness is the absence of light. That's all it is. 
and you turn the light on, you don't have to do anything else but turn the light on and darkness disperses. And if we put enough of God's light in us through routines, the Bible, and just his, you know, the worship, and we just put enough routines in our life, there's no room for thorns. Those things just go. They, they dissipate. Listen to this scripture, Proverbs 4.23. Here's what God wants us to do. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Now, doesn't that sound like my big idea, what, lives in, uh, what you live in lives in you? I mean, whatever you let get in your heart, it determines the path that you walk. It determines who you are. And you can change it by saying, you know what? I'm going to make sure the right thing gets planted in there. And as a human being, I'm constantly having to readjust myself. Because I keep just, I love God with a passion, but I just keep, you know, having to make myself say, okay, no, you're going you're gonna to get up this time, Joe, and have your God time. But I don't feel like getting up God. And, and you, you, just, you just, you know, a month passes, two months pass, you see, oh, no, I slacked off a little. And you, you just, I have to keep working on it. And we do that by the grace of God. I don't do it so God loves me. I do it so I can plant the right thing. I want life in me. I, I want to be someone that has life pouring out of them. I want joy and peace flooding my heart. I don't want anxiety and worry flooding my life. I just want to be full of freedom and life. And I know everyone in this room wants to, and so many of you are. And it, it, it's not a secret. It just comes by us guarding our heart and making sure the right thing gets inside of us. So Jesus taught another uh, incredible parable. We call it the parable of the sower. And at first he just told the story and he didn't explain it. So he tells his story about this, this farmer and he says he sows seed and he says some seed fell on hard ground, some on shallow ground, some on thorny ground, and some on good ground. And, and then he told this little story and his disciples later looked at him and said, what? what? What does that mean? So Jesus opens it up and he says, well, he says the seed is God's word. It's the Bible. And he, he said... Uh, the soil is your heart. And he said it's all about growing what's in the book and making it grow in here. And he gives us this parable. So I want to show you two of, two of the people. Uh, the third one and the fourth one. The third one just had terrible routines, God routines, and they had thorns come in. Listen to Proverbs 4, 18, 19. It reads like this. And others are they that are sown among the thorns. These are they that have heard the word. Notice how that's past tense, have heard the word. Uh, it, they don't have God routines in their life. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches doesn't have to be evil. It's just being consumed with this world and the lust of other things. That could be anything but this world. Entering in, notice what happens. It chokes the word and it, God's word, becomes unfruitful. The heart of God is for this blossom inside of you which changes us you know i pray this every week almost god changes from the inside out after worship god changes from the inside out it's supernatural and all you have to do is get some of god in you and then he'll begin to grow it i don't know how it grows but he just makes it blossom inside my heart that's that's where you get to see that so this is a guy that just simply doesn't have any routines uh, he's not he's not flooding himself with life and so everything else just gets in and the wrong things growing inside of him. So if you're here and you're young, I love what, what Ryan does with our students, man. Uh, he's got our students doing devotionals, and they do it on version of the Bible on, on their phones, and, and 
he actually can see when they're reading their Bible. I mean, they, they really, they're just being discipled, and he can tell who's reading and who's not reading. It's absolutely amazing. And I'm watching what he's doing with these students, and I'm watching them blossom. And the idea is, man, this is how we put life inside of us. And so as adults, we want to do that same thing. Now, here's the good news. You ready? You can change what lives in you. So you're sitting here right now, and we talked about this earlier. You might be saying, Pastor Joe, I barely got to church. The last thing I want to do is wake up Monday morning and read my Bible. I just don't want to. And you might be sitting there saying, I love God, but ah, no, I'm not a morning person or whatever, whatever it is that you might think. And, and this is where God's going to give you grace to do it. We're not doing it so God loves us. He already loves you. We're doing it, man, because we want to put life inside of us. And I think it's amazing when we read the good soil. This is the fourth type of soil. This is what all of us want to be. Mark 4.20, back to the parable of the sower. It says, And those are they that were sown upon the good ground, such as hear the word and accept it. Notice how this is not in the past tense. And bear fruit 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. And that's just, that's just God blossoming inside of you and you have peace and joy and contentment and fulfillment and life and you're excited and you're positive and it's all because God's just blossoming inside of you and it just comes from what happened to this guy do you see the phrase hear the word in the Greek language this is literally in the continuous tense it just says they keep hearing and keep hearing so what it says about this good soil they just developed good routines good routines so I've been pastoring believers for 33 years, okay? And uh, 33 years this past August. And I've had a blast. And here's one cool thing about staying in the same church. I, get to, I just get to watch people, you know? And, and I can watch what happens in everybody's life. And it's an amazing thing to do. And the people that make a decision, I'm going to do some God routines, it's amazing. No matter what storms hit them, no matter what life throws at them, they're able to walk through it and come out on the other side. They're able to walk through it with joy. It might hurt, but they're able to overcome. And it's all because of these God routines. So I thought I'd give you a couple that would be good if you don't have them in your life. Man, just let's add those into your life. And here, here's the first one. Develop a church attendance routine. And this can be tough for some people. Um, it's amazing. Culture's changed. When I started the church, um, on any given Sunday, you had about... Uh, about 70% of your congregation was in, in church. And, and every decade it's changed. Today, here's the stats nationally, and I think it's a little better here, but nationally on any given weekend, you have 40% of your people that come to church. There's more people that aren't here than are here on any given weekend. And that's why Easter's always much bigger uh, in the culture we live in today. And so my goal is to encourage people, make this part of your life, because culture is telling us it's not necessary. But just think about it. I'm going to give you one example. You ready? Most of you were able to get into worship today, right? Some, some of us talk in the lobbies and miss a song or two, but you're able to come into worship. Can you all agree that there's nothing more powerful than corporate worship? There, I don't know how to explain it, but man, it's energizing. And there's an atmosphere that's out there that gets in you, and there's just something about being in church. And then, of course, I mean, hearing your pastor, I mean, there's, can you all agree, that's like amazing, I mean, just being on your pastor. There's just something that happens when you get here. And, and remember, all the farmer has to do is what? Sow the seed. Just 
get into the routine and you'll be amazed at what happens. It, it will change your life forever. And, and can you all agree that uh, Sundays are like the craziest days and Saturdays, like everything pops up on, on when, when it's time to go to church? Here's what us pastors notice. Us pastors all notice this. Absolutely true. Do you know that in the winter it snows way more on the weekends than it does during the week? Did you know that in the summers it's always nicer on the weekends than it is during the week? And, and here's why, I'm telling you, I really think the enemy just, I don't know if he can control the weather, but it's just like, it's just like excuses to say, you know what, I just can't get there today. I can't get there today. And the devil's trying to keep us, or the enemy trying to keep us from filling up and God changing us. Here's another one, and this is so cool. Develop a Bible reading and listening routine. Everybody's life changes when they do this. And in order to do this, you're going to have to, fit it in your schedule. But how many of us know the Bible says that we're to love God more than anything on this planet, right? And whoever you put first, whoever you love, you make time for them. This is where I have to work hard, you have to work hard, because there's some mornings when my alarm goes off and I'm like, God, I love you. And I, I go, I know you love me no matter what, so good night, I'm going to sleep more. Um, <laughs> but you, you, have to, you have to make that time, right? And, and I, I, I'm, I'm discipling people, and I have people I'm discipling, and they'll look at me and say, I've, this is the most, what you asked me to do is, it's changed my life forever. Just getting up and reading some scripture. How about listening to it? You, you can do that when you're driving, when you're getting ready. Just put on somebody teaching, you know. You hear a lot of me, so find some preachers you like and just put them on and listen to them. Change your life forever. Uh, here's the next one. Develop a worship listening routine. And you know, you guys, if you've been here any length of time, you know I love to worship. I, I love worshiping God. And I had coffee with a pastor friend recently. And him and I were just talking about pastor things. And we got on the subject of how to help young men that are struggling with sexual addiction. Because us pastors, men will come to us and they'll say, help. I mean, they really want help, you know. And so we were talking about some of the things we do to help people. And he said something to me. I mean, it exploded inside of me, something that God showed him. And I want to just share that with you. It was really powerful. And he talked about the woman at the well. You know the woman that Jesus met at the well? She was an adulteress. She had a sexual addiction problem. And do you know what Jesus brought up to her? He talked to her about worship. He said, those that worship God must worship him in spirit and truth. And he was just saying, one day he was reading that, and God spoke to his heart and said, it wasn't by chance that Jesus brought that up. Because people that have sexual addictions and other addictions... It's a lack of intimacy problem, and they're trying to fill it with other things. And this woman had her wires crossed and thought, if I marry all these different guys and I do this and that, it's going to fulfill the craving in me. But nothing fulfills the craving, only God. Worship is intimacy with God. And so many people are just desiring intimacy, and they don't realize what they're craving, only God can give them. Even those of us that are married, uh, our, our mates are never going to be able to fulfill the deepest call for intimacy that we have, and it's with God. And if you've not experienced worship, or you just, I like to get up in the morning and just put some worship songs on and just worship God. And, you know, some people say, you're too intense, Pastor Joe. And I say, no, man, that's, that's just a God atmosphere. But here's one thing no, one, no one's ever said, I'm not a guy. I'm a guy, right? And uh, I'm a guy, 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 you know. I'm not the toughest guy in the room, but I'm a guy. And... Uh, and I like to worship God. I really do. I mean, I tell toot jokes and everything. I mean, I'm just a guy. All the way through, I'm a guy. 
But real men worship, man. And I just love to worship God because I'm craving deep inside intimacy with God and it will change your life forever. But how about just putting some worship on when you're driving somewhere? Change your life forever because that's getting the Word of God. That's a routine. It's just, it's just a routine. Post on Sunday every day. It changes your life forever. L- listen, listen. Last one. And this one I struggle with sometimes. Develop a godly thinking routine. And I don't know about you, how many of you deal with uh, stinking thinking, you know? And, and uh, it's easy to do. And I'm not talking about thinking bad things. I'm just thinking, talking about thinking negative things. And uh, our mind always wants to go to the negative. So I find myself through the day checking my thoughts and saying, you know what? That, that is something you could worry about. But God, you said cast all your cares on you. So I'm going to ask you to take care of this problem. And if I'm the reason I have the problem, you're going to have to show me because I don't know it. But God, I'm trusting you to take care of it and I'm going to think on something positive. And I just grab a scripture or something and just think on, it will revolutionize your life because I discovered what I think on the most, gets, it gets planted and grows deeper in my heart than anything else. I, I hope I'm helping you somewhat, guys. I hope I'm making some sense and only God by His grace will help us have these godly routines, but what you live in lives in you. So let's pray. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. God, I did my best to teach this part of the Bible, and I thank you for every precious life that's in here. You love every person in this room more than they'll ever imagine. And Lord, the first thing I want to do is I want to just take a moment. And Lord, we all want to pray for our children. Lord, some of our children may have wandered, and so we're lifting up the ones that have wandered. And Lord, we just pray that what's in them, you will bring to light. And Father, you will literally, when they wake up, speak to them. And when they go to sleep, speak to them lord and that they will begin to walk with god the way they were trained and lord some of us have kids we never had a chance to train them we didn't know you and we just pray for them lord god and we ask you as only you can do get a hold of them lord and bring them to christ and have them live for christ and if you're in this room and you say man i have some kids and grandkids i agree with that prayer would you say amen to it amen now heads are bowed eyes are closed this is just for the rest of us all of us christians here lord i Again, I did my best to teach this, and I just pray for you by your grace, Lord, to help all of us this week make sure we have godly routines and we increase those routines, Lord, so we can plant the seed in our heart. Lord, help us to crave and love the Word of God in your presence, and I thank you for doing that in every single one of our lives. Father, if someone's here and it's new to them, help it make sense this week, Lord. Open up their spiritual understanding to what I taught. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed, guys. Listen, one more, one more invitation and then I'm going to turn it over. If you're here and you're not sure of your forever, your eternity, I want to give you a chance to be sure. And right now I'm not asking you to join our church or religion. I'm not asking you if you grew up in church, if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. Those are all great things, but I'm not asking you that. I'm asking you, can you remember a day in your life when you made it personal when you from your heart said, Jesus, I accept you, I love you, and I give you my heart and I make a decision today to follow you. That's when the miracle happens and God changes us from the inside. If you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I can't remember that day, but I'm ready today, my heart's touched. Listen, Jesus died to save you. He died to redeem you. And he said, whoever calls on my name, I'll save them. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed right now. If you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I'm ready to accept Jesus, would you pray with me? Everyone else in the room, would you help them pray? Just say this after me. Say, Lord God, 
I realize I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I repent of my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe and I make a decision today to follow you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.